I was like, you know, I want to create something. I, I just want to, I want to create something. So I pitched it to them and we kind of, um, got together, put some startup cash together and we started like printing t-shirts and we rode bikes around the neighborhood and we would try to sell them to people. And then I started bringing them to school back mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, and we started from there and it was just the three of us. I think that summer we had made like, I think anywhere between two to $5,000. Damn, that's impressive. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, <laughs> how, I was much like you, how much were you selling t-shirts for? It was like, I think the first t-shirts we made, we, well, I always push for a higher price point. Okay. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the flow and thank you, Falaron. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Go With The Flow. I'm your host, Falaron Okulaja. Before we start, the usual things like subscribe. There's TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. That's my tagline. If you send it to one person, have them send it to another. And then we kind of go from there. Um, special guest in the building. I say all my guests are special. Anyone who takes the time to come on the show is a special guest to me, and I always appreciate them taking the time. But we have Femi on the show. Welcome to the show, sir. How's it going? Just just to add, I think I'm ahead of the Governor Murphy, right? Honestly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People always, it's funny, I literally got that question yesterday of either who my favorite guest is or who my biggest guest is. And I'm always like, that's subjective. To some people, it's Governor Murphy. <laughs> to somebody, it could be you. And so, yes, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll put you up there. I appreciate it. And so that. I think people are always curious about how I find my guests. And so this is even one episode where we literally just met through Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think... Uh, I always forget whether it's Sheik or Sheik. Shaq, Shaq. Yeah, Shaq. Um, you know, we had connected before, just I think through network. And then I saw that you, you know, I saw it through Instagram, saw you guys were cool. And um, of course, you know, being Nigerian, I'm a Nigerian, so mm -hmm. always got to, you know, kind of see where you were up to. And, um, you know, I've loved so far all the interviews and, you know, just professionally and personally what, what, um, what you're striving for, what you're building. So. No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think that's honestly one of the beauties of social media. As much there is all this con ongoing conversation, actually very topical about the power of social media and maybe even the negative influences. You had the CEOs of five major um, social media companies testifying on Capitol Hill this week about the negative effects of social media. There is the better aspect of it where it's able to bring people together like this where in i don't know 1980 we could not have had this interaction <laughs> and we couldn't have met through something like social media <laughs> yeah i mean you're totally right i mean i i watched like a few clips of that and i saw like you know mark zuckerberg when he apologized to the families and you know i think um i think you know the the negative effects of social media we talk about it a lot but to your point it's been a lot of positives as well um and it's it's been a bridge it's been able to connect people um you know i think of ways that you know i connect with family members or you know i actually have a funny story let's hear it i love it I, <laughs> we're on a podcast <laughs> let's hear it <laughs> i had so 
when I was in Nigeria, you know, I um, I had like a primary school mm-hmm. friends, mm-hmm. and I think two years ago, now, one of them found me mm-hmm. on like Instagram, and she reached out to me, and that was so beautiful because I never knew I would I would see these people again. Like I've forgotten some of them. But, you know, she sent me pictures of uh, of us, you know, as as kids. You know, you, you always take those pictures yeah. with your classmates. And I was like, wow, this is a uh, throwback. This is like, jo- it, it threw me in a way that I've never felt that sense of like, wow, they found me. Yeah, so. you, you know what is so, one, I'll ask you about your background in yeah. two seconds. But it's so funny because I've had the exact same experience and when you give your background we'll see how similar ours are but i moved from nigeria when i was nine years old mm-hmm. nine years old that is kind of that's too early to actually i think be able to keep in touch with people in a real way right social media was kind of a thing i think facebook might have just started right. but basically when i moved from nigeria i lost touch with 99.9 percent of people right and these were people that again i never thought i would see again but there are some where either i found them through Instagram or they found me. But I also had one where this girl found me and she sent me a picture from like primary one or two in our school uniform. And I'm like, the throwbacks, <laughs> the memories from the people that, again, you never thought you would hear from. And then there was even this more random connection where there was this girl who I went to school with. She grew up in, she was Nigerian, but she also grew up partially in London. It, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was freshman year on the bus tour club soccer formals, mm-hmm. and I think she had put me on her. Either she didn't, she put me on her story, or I was on the in the background of her story. And this girl slid up and was like, "Oh, is that Falaro Kolaja?" And she was like, "Yeah, how do you know each other?" And she was like, "Oh, we were we went to Corona Via, which is a primary school in Nigeria. We went to primary school when we were like five through eight years old. Lost contact, but now she's neighbors with the girl that I went to college with, and now." One of those things where it's like small world. Exactly. It's cool to have those full circle moments. And yeah, it's just, it's just cool. But I guess, yeah, this is a great place for you to, I guess, give your background, tell the people about yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, similar to you, I came here um, in 2009. I was nine years old also. Um, my mom actually won a visa lottery, which was like around that time. You know, my dad had been playing for quite a while but he would never win mm. and then so funny how like the one time my mom played the yeah. lottery <laughs> she won and so yeah we all we all got to come here actually there's a there's another funny story it's like a parallel universe or, or multiverse so we were originally supposed to come to Houston okay. and we had a family you know who was going to host us and kind of show us around and I think last minute there was some sort of issue, so then we had to, you know, find somewhere else to is uh, to land essentially. So we had family members or family friends rather in New York, and that's how I landed in New York. Okay. So parallel universe or some other multiverse, I could have been from I could have been <laughs> grown up in Houston, which there's like a million Nigerians there. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say every Nigerian's in Houston. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, that would have been that would have been a crazy. I, th- I think about that. Like my life would have been totally different. I, I yes, I love this thread and where this is going. It is so funny how the smallest decisions can divert the course of your life right. in the most insane ways. The most not easy. The one that always comes to mind, and the, honestly, it's a simple one, and it's a decision that 
everyone makes, but it's where you go to college. Right. I think about it all the time where for me, my dream school was Duke University when we moved to we moved from Nigeria to North Carolina because we had family there. My mm-hmm. mom's sister was there, and so that's why we moved there. And so Duke was the first school I knew in the country. It was always my dream school. That's where I always wanted to go. I did get in, but they gave me no financial aid. Mm-hmm. I grew up right around the corner from Princeton, or at least when I moved to Jersey. They have one of the best financial aid packages in the country, so ended up going there. And that even just that one decision, I'm like, that already is going to change the course of your life in whatever direction, better or worse. And then just any other school you go to will change that much more. The little interactions you have, even another crazy story. Mm. My roommate right now is a guy I met in Target. Oh, wow. I literally met him at Target. <laughs> but more con- more context, more context, though. Yeah, you have so, to get yeah. more context. <laughs> this was because we, so we interned at the same company, and so it was okay. intern summer, and it was literally second to last day of the internship. People buy thank you cards for their teams, and so I was in Target buying thank you cards and thank you card aisle. I look up, I see another young black guy dressed just like I am, and I was like, thank you cards? He was like, yeah. Now he's like one of my best friends to, yeah, I to love, this day. I love that with guys, how yeah, we could just we're like so, we're easy. <laughs> we can meet at Target and then just be like, yeah, thank you card, and then it's simple. The rest is history. And we literally spoke about that last week, where if he was in that Target, if either of us were there t- five minutes earlier, right? I don't know Grant Robinson, right. and just the way our both our New York experiences have changed right. so much due to that timing. God's plan. That's <laughs> life is so interesting. Like, yeah. I think about I think about moments like that in which, you know, like you said, one interaction can have such adverse effect on your entire life and yeah. your perspective as well. Yeah, because yeah. it works better better for worse. You think of the so many like wrong place, wrong time scenario where right. some people's exa- life are altered for worse because they just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. It, life is crazy. It's it's crazy. But okay, so you said family moved to New York, and then so where? Yeah, so. We uh we landed first in Long Island, um like Elmont that area, okay. and I kind of went to um, went to elementary school there. Uh, I was like fourth or fifth grade, and then we then moved to and there was nothing really like that I can remember. I, I remember the school I went to and some of the people there. I actually keep up with. Well, I say keep up, but vaguely I see on Instagram. Which <laughs> like, honestly, at this, that, that's good. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah, two two people from there, but um, then we 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 moved to Farakoy. Okay. Um, only play, only reason I know that name is because it's the last stop on one of the subway lines. <laughs> it's, honestly, it, traveling from Farakoy to anywhere is such a hassle. It's tough. It's tough, bro. Like, I w- I would think about it. If I wanted to come into the city, you know, I would have to plan like two hours, like a two-hour window. Damn. From and I lived on the last stop too, so I lived on Mott Avenue, All right? So that was last stop of the A train to get into the city. And yeah, it was. Uh, I remember it was like you know if you were if you were texting a girl, you know, from a different borough, and um, you told her like you know I live in Far Island. Nah. Ends the conversation. Ends the conversation. I'm not making that trip. <laughs> hey, yeah. that's still real to this day. I don't. Are, are you single or in a relationship? 
So I'm in a relationship. Okay, good for you. That's yeah. what's up. But as a single guy, and let me what? let me look at the camera. I'm in a relationship. He's in a relationship. You hear that? Okay, <laughs> Baby, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but even for me, as a single guy who, whether it be on Hinge or I'm meeting girls out, sometimes I see this a certain burr, and I'm like, I don't, I don't want it. Yeah. Even Loki, jo- lo- jokingly, I'm like, if she's above, because I live in Fida, mm-hmm. if they're above like Lower East Side, East Village, I'm, I'm good. That's a distance. Yeah, and that's just me being facetious. Obviously, it's not that far, but the sentiment still kind of stands. So some distances are way too far. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Staten Island is one of those too. Oh God, yeah, God, no. yeah. Oh my God, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, my radius yeah. is already like one, one and a half, two, no, right. it's like three miles maybe. Right. But then sometimes some of the other bros will sneak, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, is- like for for me, I can't do. Even though I'm from Queens, I love Queens, but where I live right now, Brooklyn, getting to Queens because there's no direct line, like you got to go through Manhattan. Which makes no sense. Yeah, there should. They're right. Again, that makes that makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, there is the G line, but it's like there's a G line. Yeah, but it's like all the way. What color is it? It's like um, it's green, I believe, light green. There's a um, it's lighter than the four or five six, but mm. that's the only one, and it doesn't even really connect you. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back, you know, I grew up in Far Rockaway. I spent a lot of like my um childhood went to middle school there um you know that was a really really i want to say like that set the tone for my new york experience um (laughs) just the the different characters and different types of people and you know far away i'm I'm not sure if you know if you know the reputation that we that Far Rockaway has. I do not. Please enlighten. But it's not. It's, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say it wasn't always the. Well, I don't know what it is now, but I know growing up it wasn't the best place to to grow up. There's a lot of you know you know with gang issues or um, just uh, we were and we were crazy. We were crazy back then. I'm thinking about some of the stuff that we were we were doing, um, but yeah, then you know went to high school. Uh, in Jamaica, actually went to Thomas Edison High School, okay. um, which is also another like, <laughs> also another crazy place. I think you know when when I was there in ninth grade, you know we still had some super seniors. <laughs> okay. So, <Yeah. laughs> so, so. I love that every school had super seniors. Yeah. yeah. People who were just around a little bit too, too long. long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I remember at that time, it was like kids would come out of, you would come out of school, and then it's just like there's a line, and people would just get robbed coming out of school. And this was every day. Every day. Would it maybe like, change the path that it takes you to get home maybe like have less on like i'm, I'm thinking of if it's, it was I'm, just you know, my mind goes to how do we prevent something that happens every day from happening again <laughs> i think yeah i think it was literally so there was a park right next to uh next to the school and it's you know people walking whether i mean there's two ways you can there's multiple ways but i know the most way people went was through the park and then down the hill, or if you went through the other side, because Jamaica High School was also right next to us. Okay. Um, and I think Hillcrest was not too far if you walk down the hill. But I, yeah, people people would get robbed coming out of school, and it was like an almost a daily occurrence, and it was based on those bad actors and you know their friends. But I think the school went through a tremendous transformation over the years. I think by the time I was like a junior, you know, I think the People weren't, of, people weren't getting robbed every day. No, anymore. people weren't getting robbed anymore. <laughs> and um, the type of, you know, students who came in, like 
freshmen and, and sophomores were more so like really good kids. And so it made a better culture. I mean, I was okay. <sighs> I never got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just because like, you know, when you grow up in Far Rockaway, you know how to handle those situations and you know how to like, you know, how to move about. Um, and so, and I, I always like, I always knew people who, like, we were we weren't friends, but you know, they knew me. Mm -hmm. So like, hey, maybe we don't rob him. Yeah, he's like, good. He's, good. <laughs> he's, yeah, good. he's, he's going over. Yeah. <laughs> <He's good. laughs> um, but yeah, and then you know, from there, you know, went to I stayed local for college actually. Funny enough, you know, I didn't. I always thought of myself as like, uh, you know, I, I remember I did an internship. Uh, at Mount Sinai okay. when I was in like when I was a junior. Were you pre-med? Was there ever any pre-med pressure on you? No, no, no. I, I think my parents were, and, and I know that's like the Nigerian. You're either a doctor, engineer, or, or a lawyer, lawyer, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, my parents never put that. That my mom always said, like even when I was a kid, you know, we would have like you know inter-house sports mm -hmm. and things like that, right? And we did something called Career Day. This was back in Nigeria. And one of the, like, I had a poster and it was like, oh, I'm going to be an accountant. <laughs> and I, I have that picture. Yeah. And I look back at it today, I'm like, what? Fuck what I yeah. want to be an accountant. <laughs> no disrespect to the accountants, love, but yeah, who's love, out here love all. dreaming to be an <laughs> right, accountant? Right. <laughs> right. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so um, the internship at Mount Sinai, that was more so like uh, business because I, I studied like, Thomas Edison was a technical high school. Mm -hmm. So like things I was doing was computer engineering, computer science. Um, and so, you know, part of that internship from outside, it was like the uh, information technology aspect um, of the business. And so the director who was, you know, our manager, I remember I, I, I was such a crazy kid at that time. <laughs> I came up with an idea that I would work through with my dad. It was like a concept for a, funny enough, because I'm not even sure how applicable that would be today, but it was a, it was a, it was a cigarette vending machine. Okay. And it was, it was supposed to be formed in a way in which would help, um, helps stop kids from, uh, from addiction. And it was supposed to incorporate vaping and all that. I I don't remember too much what okay, the concept I was, about it was to very say, abstract. Okay, I was like, let him land. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was very it was very abstract, and we were like, so I pitched it to him, and you know we put together like a plan and everything. I pitched it to him, and I remember, and I walked in there, and I was like, oh, I need you to sign an NDA. And he read it, and he was like, I can't sign it. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I can't. And, but that was the first thing, you know, that taught me. That was like, you know, you got to read everything. You can't sign. You, you can't just put your signature out there. That taught me that. And, and I was like a junior in high school going up to him. And we'd have conversation, and I told him, I was like, yeah, by the time I'm 18, I'm going to be a millionaire, you know. And he sat me down. He was like, you know, statistically, there's like – how many, like of all the people in the world, there's probably z like 0.1% of 18-year-olds and probably even less than that that yeah. are millionaires. Yeah, and they're right? probably all, all the ones who got drafted in the first or second round of the NBA. <laughs> That's probably Exactly, it. right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was such a good experience for me. Um, and then, you know, having that coming back, I do have to shout out my computer science teacher, though, because he changed my Shout mind. him out, shout him out. Mr. Bell. 
We're going to build that school for you, by the way. Um, but he was, he was, uh, first he was the first, he was the first male black teacher mm-hmm. that I had that wasn't like a music teacher or something like that. Like, a, you know, computer science. And what year was this? So I had him uh, sophomore year. Okay. And then, yeah, so my, we call it shop, but that, that was like the technical class. Um, yeah, I had him sophomore year, and then I had him again senior year. Okay. Um, but he changed my life, really, because when I came in there, you know, I came with the far rock mentality. Like, <laughs> you know, but I, I remember the first day of school, uh, or not first day of school, the first day of class that we had him, you know, he had this, like, list of things on his uh, on his board. And I remember it said, one of them was, my class is not, this is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and he was one where, like, you couldn't be late to his class. You had to always be there on time. And you had, so I never had that type of pressure or, like, not even pressure. I think standard. Yeah, discipline that you. Yeah, sta- yeah, 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 discipline. That's a good word. Um, really put on me until that point, especially coming from someone who looked like me mm-hmm. and who was from my background. Yeah, because I think he grew up in. I could be wrong. I think he grew up in Brooklyn. Um, but yeah, it was it was, yeah, it was life changing for me. Which honestly, that is that representation matters so much. And yeah. seeing people who look like you do certain things, I can't state enough how <clears throat> how much that plays a role for me the, i remember there was this guy who and you know it's so it's, again small world right okay so when i was a when i moved to this town called west windsor there was this guy who was in the high school he was like on the football team popular black guy popular guy he was like a peer leader mm-hmm. he was gonna play football at harvard and he was this guy who had like i'd never met before mm-hmm. i he, like i never met him All right but just seeing how he operated and seeing someone who looked like me be able to go to an ivy league do x y and z he was always one of my role models just from seeing how what he was doing and how he was operating and you know what's so crazy is he now he works in finance i work in finance i'm hosting this dinner through work on Wednesday, and because of where he works, I'm able to invite him, and so I'm going to meet him for the first time at that dinner. Oh, wow. and I'm going to be like, you, you've know, you obviously don't know this, right. but you're someone who I've looked up to for eight, nine years at this wow. point, just because wow. I've seen how you operated. Yeah, and obviously, yes, there were the white kids going to Harvard and the Asian kids, but like it, may, it makes such a bigger difference when it's someone who looks like you doing certain things. So, yeah. yeah, that power of representation is is very important. Yeah, I agree. It also goes back to kind of what you said, right, of um, just how little things can have such, like, a, a material effect on, on your life. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's a, that was, like, having him there at that moment yeah. changed the, the trajectory in the trajectory course of my life, life right? Yeah. So, yeah, so shout-out to Mr. Bell. Shout-out, uh, Mr. Bell. <laughs> and then for college, where did you remind me where you went? So I went to Berkeley College. It's a private college here in New York City. Okay. Um, honestly, like, I was, I remember doing college applications. I was working, you know, I think at the time, I was working at the school, and I, I honestly didn't really want to go to college. I didn't really think of it. I was like, you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to, like, but it was one thing. I'm Nigerian. And so for us, you know, Nigeriano de Cari last, exactly. right? We yeah. always successful. Um, and my and I, I kind of had this relationship with my parents where they were like, you know, um, whatever you do, just do your best. 
like whatever it is. We support you. Growing up, I wanted to be a soccer player. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like didn't we most, all? Yeah, yeah, didn't we yeah. <laughs> But, you know, there came a point when I started college, it was like, so I got into um, my college team and there was a shift because I, I went from like, why do I want to be a soccer player when I can be, you know, the owner there of you the team? Go. There right? you go. Because I, I think about it. If someone pays you a million dollars, you literally have to make them hundreds of million dollars for them to justify that amount. Yeah. So for me, it was like that shift of, and that's something that's always been in the back of my mind. Um, that like kind of, I hate the word entrepreneur, but entrepreneurial mindset. What, why do you hate the word entrepreneur? I feel like it's just overused. Okay, fair. Yeah, everyone was an entrepreneur. <laughs> and honestly, everyone was, you know. And, you know, and, and maybe, maybe I'm giving it too much negativity, um, but I, uh, I <laughs> 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 yeah, but during, to, to pivot back, during high school, actually, that's how I started my journey into fashion. Okay, which, I, I, yeah. good segue. That yeah. was going to be the next topic of conversation. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I met two of my friends who, one of them is still, you know, one of my best friends today. Shout out. Um, yeah, Jamar. And the other, you know, we're, we're close, Fumi. I just I just wish you wouldn't ghost us, you <laughs> <Damn>. know? <laughs> but let she's him on go, her, let him she's know. On her, she's on her grind. There she wants go. to be a doctor. Okay, there you um, go. So Fumi's on her grind. I, I respect and I really love <laughs> Fumi. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, uh, Jamar, Fumi, and I, we we had a, we met on the bus because we all lived in Far Rockaway. And I remember one day, literally, I tell you this, I woke up, and I think this was like sophomore year, one summer, like one day during the summer, and I was like, why do people wear brands? That was just a thought that, that stayed with me for a day. I was like, why do people wear brands? Like, what's so attractive about Adidas, Nike, you know, yeah. Louis Vuitton, or X brand, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I want to create something. I, I just want to create something. So I pitched it to them, and we kind of... Um, Got together, put some startup cash together, and we started like printing T-shirts, and we rode bikes around the neighborhood, and we would try to sell them to people. And then I started bringing them to school, and then at that time, I started like doing, I'll call modeling, um, but like there was an agency in the city that I wanted to sign for, and there was a, like I started doing photo shoots, doing all these things. So I really got into my creative bag, mm -hmm. and. Um, yeah, and we started from there, and it was just the three of us. I think that summer, we had made like, I think anywhere between two to five thousand dollars. Yeah, damn, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah and I was like, <laughs> how I was much? Like, were you, how much were you selling t-shirts for? It was like, I think the first t-shirts we made, we. Well, I always push for a higher price point. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> which we'll get into luxury brands, price points. We'll we'll get into that conversation. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think we went. I think it was like thirty to thirty or forty dollars okay. for a t-shirt. Um, and I would, I would tell him, I was like, listen, you're not just paying for the shirt, right? Cause anyone can make a shirt, but yep. you're paying for our time, our talent, you're paying for our creativity. Yeah. And also like this, these are three kids who are called 16, 17 mm -hmm. and we're, we're actively, you know, trying to, we're, we're in the field trying stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so at that time to have people within the community who really Where, supported us. Yeah. I think that was huge. And people were really were like, oh, continue to do what you're doing. Um, and from there, we were, I remember 
my cousins had visited from, so I have family in the UK mm -hmm. as well as most Nigerians do. And my cousins has visited us. And one day we were walking down Soho mm -hmm. and um, I just, oh, we turn around and some girl asks us a question and she wants to interview my friend Jamar. Mm -hmm. I think he's really tall, but she was doing a, a shoot for like the NBA, I want to say. Um, and then we just, I, we just turned to her and I'm like, Hey, we're starting a brand, you know, um, you should follow us or something like that. And then I, she followed me. I followed her back too. Um, and then I kind of stalked her on Instagram for like a couple of days because she was, a well, at the time she was a, she was a designer and she was an NFL menswear stylist. Mm -hmm. Um, and her name is uh, Desiree. Shout out Desiree. Shout out Desiree. <laughs> um, so I stopped and she posted that she needed an intern. So I was like, hey, you know, I'll be an intern. And I, I remember at the time she lived in Astoria. If anyone knows a journey from Astoria to Jamaica, you know. And then to go from Jamaica to Astoria and then to Far Rockaway. That's far. <laughs> <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> and, and while doing this, I was also playing for, um, I was playing for like a, a, a club team here in the city. Um, and we would practice in the Upper West Side. Well, we would practice in Randall's Island, mm -hmm. um, but we would meet in the Upper West Side. So to do all of that, I, honestly, to this day, I don't know how I did. But I, in <laughs> I, I interned for her, um, and she, you know, she taught me about cut and sew, and you know, I really saw her build her brand. And I think she was just featured on a Netflix oh, wow. um, show. The one Are you still in touch with her? Yeah, yeah. Um, the one from Gigi. And they actually, so her and her partner, they actually moved down to Atlanta and opened their first flagship store. Wow. So, and the brand is uh, Todd Patrick, by the way. Really awesome brand. And, you know, Desiree is someone who, like, to this, I will always be grateful for Desiree because she, she gave you probably so much experience and taught you so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for her to look at me and go, yeah, I'll uh, I'll give this kid a shot. And right? again, you met on the streets of New York, right? And exactly. Just, I, common theme, <laughs> which it's it's such again, it keeps coming up over and over, but it's so true. The amount of times where all it takes is one little interaction to get you the job, to meet your husband or wife, to get you whatever. Like that's just the way life works, right? Which is why I'm such a like you got to put yourself out there. You got to be able to be willing to meet different people and not just shelter yourself off from everyone but okay so yeah. a lot of a lot of questions about this one love the og store i feel like every entrepreneur has that i was you know shoveling snow for five dollars <laughs> whatever or, or i was mowing lawns in the neighborhood and then blah 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 yeah. that's you have your store so when you t yeah you have your store <laughs> selling selling the t-shirts in the neighborhood making all that money and then having again the enough of an entrepreneurial drive as much as you hate the word to actually go about and do it and then actually doing something significant with it so i guess even taking one step back mm -hmm. speaking of instagram stalking i remember when whoever followed each other first i saw your instagram and then i saw the brand and so for everyone listening you do have fast forward to today you do have your own clothing brand right and i think that was one of the first things that i saw that i was like okay this is one dope first of all i'm someone who i'm and we'll talk more about fashion just more broadly i'm just interested and in, i'm not gonna say i'm ever gonna get into it but it's something that intrigues me and so it's seeing another young person having their own luxury fashion brand that was something that i automatically was like this is awesome i need to be able i want to connect with them just to learn a little bit more so first props to you for that yeah, and then i guess 
talk to me more about the journey of the okay so you mentioned selling t-shirts in the neighborhood you do this internship talk to me talk me through the process of actually launching the brand and what the early process was like for you yeah so with the brand it was really a and i guess uh, you get told people about the brand more generally for yeah um so you know femiana new york is is really a i call it more of a contemporary um people use different terms but I say contemporary luxury um fashion brand and really you know we we even took it a step further and and for me technology is such a huge part of like what you know I think that's going to be intertwined and in the next stage and we already see it see it in some aspects of fashion and so um it's really part of that you know contemporary tech enabled luxury brand uh wheelhouse if that that's a way to 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 kind of pin it down okay. vertical uh but for me it was also about you know one telling uh because i put my name on it right it's mm-hmm. femi aina and for those who don't know aina means that you were you were born with an umbilical cord around your neck mm-hmm. and so yeah it's um yeah it's 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 one that's like for me and funny enough Desiree was actually the one who told me she was like you should use your name which i <laughs> well, well one sorry to to just interject really quickly i feel like the mo- i should know there's a lot of brands that are very su- successful where the people use their brands yeah. and I, for whatever reason i just love that idea of like okay i'm sticking my name on it i'm right. not trying to come up with anything else so honestly i do think that should be the default some people will literally make up names just to have it be the name yeah. of their brand so i do like that aspect of it and i love that your name is on the brand yeah and it's it's kind of this within the name itself it also tells you know what the brand is about in some aspect because if you think Femi Aina and New York, right? It's two worlds that are coming together, mm. right? Because the Femi Aina is a Nigerian part of me, and but I'm still a New Yorker. Like I, I, I had a lot of my formidable years here, and so it's a huge part of who I am. And New York fashion has influenced me. Um, you know, I remember I was one of those kids on the Supreme line, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to get it in like <laughs> 2013, right? 2014. Um, I kind of followed the whole, you know, when you had uh, ASAP, their their crew, ASAP mm-hmm. Mob, uh, Luca Sabat, you know, all these guys who kind of came through the New York fashion scene. You know, I was I was the kid who was like twelve or thirteen, looking behind, and they're like, "Oh, this is cool. This is what they're doing, right?" Um, but then you've also got the 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 feminine part, which is what I wanted to kind of emphasize was the storytelling of uh, and and telling Nigerian stories and and African stories as a whole but really when I looked back into my culture I thought about this from from two aspects culture and legacy culture in terms of we have such a rich culture and when it comes to fashion you know sustainability is kind of built into the fabric of African or Nigerian fashion like we are not fast fashion by Mm -hmm. like our core identity you know if you think about the way in which we create pieces and clothes you know if you think about from you know the um you know i hate how i, I use the word hate but like <laughs> the way like kente cloth from the uh again pardon me it's either ghanians or ghanaians please <laughs> don't kill me but um but you know obviously that's that's from their culture and it tells a story but you think of like from yoruba culture right Adire, um, the dye, you think about um, 
the Iro and Buba, you think about all these other aspects of what our fashion is. And we've never, we've never really been a fast fashion community historically. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, that's kind of like integrated with the fabric of the story that I want to tell. And that's what Femiana New York is about, that okay. storytelling, that culture. And then you have that New York tech-enabled aspect as well coming together to create that. Love that. Yeah. And so I guess when it comes to putting together different collections, what is that thought process like for you? Oh, man, that's such a great question. I think for me, um, I start with a story. Okay. I start with what story do I want to tell? And then everything else gets created around that. Um, so, and by everything, I mean from the fabric to, you know, the marketing from how we put it out, from who we're interacting with. And then, you know, we don't, like, we, like different brands have different ways of marketing their product, right? And for me, what's really, what, the, the way I want it to be is one that's, that kind of grows within the community. And so we try to partner with um, what I call not influencers, but influential people okay. within the community. I like that. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and with, by the community, you know, I, I don't just mean like the Nigerian or African community, but I also mean those who, you know, who are allies or who, who kind of understand, who, who, un- who understand and want to kind of continue to, to tell to tell their stories as well mm-hmm. those who historically their stories haven't been told to the world um, and so that's that's really the, th- the thought process behind how I put together a collection um, it's kind of I have like different sporadic ideas and then you know I've worked with I've brought on different people to my team mm-hmm. and I've worked with that was gonna be my next question yeah how big is the team or is it a one-man operation so right now um, you know for legal reasons, a one-man operation. <laughs> um, but I do always bounce ideas off of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think when I first started, I, I remember, so this was while I was in college, actually. I tried to bring, um, so although the brand itself has gone through so many iterations, you know, we started out when I was in high school, when it was me, Jamar, and Fumi, right, my two friends, it started out as the recycling bin. Okay. And... That was really about like discovery, like what can we do here, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and then you know, it went through several iterations. And I remember in college, I had brought like five people together, and there was one guy who was from Japan, and you know he was kind of doing his thing in like handbags, and but he was really creative, like mm-hmm. he could illustrate. He was a really good technical drawer, um, and he was someone that like. Because I'm the ideas guy. Like, I have a vision of the product and mm-hmm. what I want to bring, but, like, I'm not going to sit here and illustrate it, right? Yeah. So, for me, it was, like, being able to talk to him, and he would get exactly my, like, what I, my vision, and he would bring it to life, right? I love and that. So, that's, the exact, honest, that's the exact same way the um, podcast, my podcast art came about. It, oh, wow. I literally had a vision for it, took a picture, and there was this very talented girl who... I went to Princeton who literally first iteration, I was like, you got exactly what I wanted. Yeah. So you need the people who are just the, that creative to just put it together. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, honestly, that's one of the biggest things. I think I know I'm not the, um, well, I, 
in to some respect, I know my strengths and weaknesses, but it's all about like surrounding yourself with people who are complimentary, compliment or even better. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're the smartest guy in the room, then you need to get a different room. Yeah. Right. Agreed. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was really a, a a moment of discovery and and then building from there. Which of your collections has been your favorite or the one you're most proud of so far? Um, and I, let me say, one people so people can go to the website and look it up. It's yeah. f e m i a i n e new york dot com. So go go check it out. Yeah, uh, a i n a a oh did I fuck that up? Yeah, f e m i a i n a new york dot com. But, uh, Unless I'm bugging, the web's A-I-N... Oh, A, yeah. I was, oh, I was like, these are my... I was like, I don't know I was about to try to doubt you, but I was like, can I not read A-I-N-A? Yeah, I remember my last name. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to gaslight you and not think you knew, you knew your own last name, yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite collection? Mm, it's tough. I, I Honestly, I, I'm not going to answer that question. Okay. Just you love you're like a parent who's gonna say you love all your kids equally. <laughs> no, 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 not 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 that. But I'm always like, I'm one of those pre- people who's super <clears throat> critical of everything, and so every collection. Although some people are like, oh, this is really great for me. I'm like, nah, this isn't my best work. I love you I know, love the witch again. <laughs> I feel like that is a similar thread in any person who has like big and. Insp- aspirations or who's just very motivated you're never satisfied right. and i'm the exact same way nothing nothing i do is ever good enough right i'm gonna wrap up this ep- we're gonna wrap up this episode i'm gonna be like this is a great episode but i'm like okay i could have done this that and the others right well yeah i get it yeah fair enough <laughs> and so i guess more to your own um fashion inspirations who are some of your favorite designers and whose work do you look to for inspiration so you know, I think at a time I had a couple of people in mind. Um, I think I went through that. I don't know there was a time I went to a Rick, uh, like a Rick Owens phase. Like, mm-hmm. Not the, not the. You know, I know how when people think of Rick Owens, they like <laughs> they have a certain vision in mind. Mm-hmm. But in in terms of like how he, I took pieces of his. In terms of the abstract nature of his design element, um, and some of his like you know kind of his story arc as well, um, but now actually I don't have a favorite like a, a designer who I look up to. Um, I think for a long time, I really loved the um, like. A lot of people say they see, uh, or a lot of people in my life, I don't want to <laughs> say they see a lot of similarities, maybe characteristically. I don't know if that's good or bad between me and, you know, Kanye West. You know, I, I don't know why he was the name I was just, <laughs> I was about to ask you about, but okay. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, he, he has, he was one of the, like, creatively, he's a big, like, he's, inspiration for me. And he, yeah. he's had an influence on, you know, I think as a kid growing up here, you know, and who loves hip hop and um, who's into fashion, seeing someone who can, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) right. Um, Yeah. So I I think that element, I can throw, I can throw yay in there. Um, But now I think it's, I'm just in a period of discovery where, you know, I'm, I'm kind of building my own thing. I like that. And so, and it's a little bit different. Um, I think I can borrow elements from a few designers, um, and and elements. I you know, I, I mean like creatively in terms of their their story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just 
how or, or the lessons rather the lessons behind their their creative process of like so Virgil you know is one of those um, as well if thinking about you know I think one of the greatest things that Virgil said was you know you can create you can create an item right or a product or you can create a space in which the products lies or stays in right and and how you create that also adds value to the product hmm. as well um it's one of his videos that he has out there and you know to have you know off-white for what it what it became and you know the mainstream and all that stuff virgil to go from being an architecture um to interning at you know louis vuitton and working his way to what he created, you know, rest in peace, Virgil, um, and to be from Nigeria, I mean, not Nigeria, from Ghana, right? Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> Ghanians like, are gonna, <laughs> yeah, the Ghanians are gonna, I apologize, I apologize, um, to be from Ghana, right? And so to, to be from West Africa, right? And to, you know, it, that, there was a lot of inspiration there. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would, I would kind of throw them out there. And so honestly, a few, few things you said, um, First on Yay, when it comes to the creativity, I think he's he is just one of the most creative people musically. When it comes to clothes, like I got his um the the Yay Gap puffer, the blue one. Oh, I have that too, actually. Th that jacket's amazing. I literally I wore I got it a few months back and I wore it for the first time last week and it I need the red one now. That shit is oh. amazing. These Yeezys are amazing. The clo the vision has always been there, and I think what he executes like. And I'm not even like a fashion guy. I just know when I like something, when I don't. I everything he puts out, I'm like, I really like this. So one, yeah, he's he's good at what he does. Secondly, what what you said about you not necessarily being, now nah, at least at this point, not necessarily having the one or two designers like you look to for inspiration. That reminds me of how certain comedians. Andrew Schultz is my favorite comedian. He always mm -hmm. says this. He really doesn't even listen to comedy because he just wants to not have his own work not that he doesn't want it to be influenced but he just wants his own to be so pure and so much of who he is and his own thoughts rather than the subconscious way in which someone else's work will influence you so that kind of reminds that i think is a similarity that i think between the fashion and comedy that you could easily pull yeah and then to <clears throat> kind of circle back to one of the things we were talking about a little bit earlier one, when it comes to, I guess, price points of luxury brands, but then also just the conversation about how people decide what they do wear. Because mm -hmm. that is something that I think about all the time. I'm like, why am I wearing everything that I'm wearing right now? Like this daily paper shirt, it's a brand where I literally discovered it because it's on the way to my barber. Uh, and, I, okay. and I literally, in, in Lower East Side, and yeah. I walked in the store one day and I just loved every item there. The people in there are just like a, quite simply, they're just like cool people i don't even care to try to explain it in a more complex way you walk in there's just cool people and it's a cool brand and so that's and so i think about these things also literally i bought this hat yesterday this brand i think it's called like 24 new york because i was walking home from work i looked in the store and i was like everything in here kind of looks cool and so when you <clears throat> go about trying to put something out there that people will gravitate to how do you try how do how do you try to make your own brand stand out to the point where it will become a part of people's like daily lives to the point where, okay, I want to wear this on my chest or rip this on the day to day convoluted question. But basically how do, how do you make your own brand stand out to the part where it's just part of what people 
want to represent? Because in a way, you are representing the things that you're wearing. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think it goes back to um, it goes back to storytelling, right? And just, and 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 the, why that's such an important part of the creative process for me, right? Because the story plays an important role, and that's what people kind of gravitate to, right? Like people, you know, as there's a lot of people who love these kind of you know fashion houses it's because they're you know there's like a hundred plus years of history you know with them and and some you know decades right and so and they have these um these kind of interesting story arcs right and so um for me that's i, I think people daily paper by the way you know they uh, i know i know i know of the guys who created it they're from the netherlands and um yeah they're 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 really great guys as well um yeah, to, I think it's just a storytelling aspect, right? I think people kind of, people see that and go, okay, this resonates with me, or I like what you're trying to, you know, what you're, the story in which you're, I'm using the word story too much. I like what you're trying to tell. Um, and I, I, you know, I want to embody that. Yeah. Know, and I want to share that with the world. And, yeah. And so that's, that's yeah. really what it comes yeah, to. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it really does come down to marketing. Yeah. And just, I think to all the, a lot of the brands that I like also, it'll be, and I'm not someone who's like so influenced by celebrity, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes even if it's like a basic one, but like, oh, LeBron's wearing, not that I'm affording or wear the type of stuff LeBron's wearing, but I would say like there's a certain type of person that I look to where I'm like, quite simply, I think that's a cool person with good style. These are the brands they're wearing. I will try to emulate that type of thing. Yeah, I have a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and <laughs> this is like one of the, I would never look to LeBron. So like, for like <laughs> style tips um, or, or his fashion sense. Uh, you said you never would? No, 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 no. Because no. so, there, was, there, was <laughs> there was, it was one time, um, you know, my mom had took me shopping when I was in like, yeah, I think this was like ninth grade, right? And I really liked the back of the sneaker. It was like the LeBron lifestyles. Mm -hmm. I really liked the back of it. And now when I look at it, it's a, you know, I, I think if if we made some tweaks, it'd really be a really cool shoe. Um, but <laughs> it was a red LeBron lifestyle, and I wore it. And this is when people were wearing. You know, KDs. They were wearing. They were wearing the other types of LeBrons mm -hmm. or the Kobe's, right? And and these are basketball shoes. Yeah. But these are like the lifestyle um, version. So I wore it one day on a bus, and a friend of mine, <laughs> Christian, he goes, "We would always cut, you know, like, you know, crack jokes on each other." He goes, "Those aren't LeBron lifestyles. Those are dead styles, right?" And <laughs> <laughs> And that's always stuck with me to today. <laughs> so like, because oh, of that, yeah. I, felt, I felt it. I was hurt. I was yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I really, because I really liked the, there was the back of the, the sneaker that I really liked. And I was like, ah. But I was like, you know what? That's hilarious. I gotta, step, I gotta step on my game. But I, hey, know? but I mean, you can't blame blame LeBron for that one though. I don't I think can he... blame him. Whoever designed it, if I, I, well, maybe I can't because he probably didn't even. Yeah, I was about to say. I wonder how much say. I bet but it has he, his name on it. Fair, and I bet these athletes do have some sort of say in the design process. But at the end of the day, there is some designer who's the one who's yeah. doing all this. But okay, to have the conversation um, about, I guess, just price points and mm -hmm. luxury versus like premium brands. 
And I was mm. listening to this. Have you ever? There's oh, there's this great podcast. Why am I forgetting the name that I'll send to you after? Mm-hmm. I forget the name of the podcast, but they do a deep dive into a brand of some sort. Okay. And there's a phenomenal. It's like a three and a half three and a half hour episode on LVMH. Phenomenal episode. Yeah, I literally. I think I might have listened to it twice. But there's this great part where they're trying to like break down the difference between a luxury brand and a premium brand and how you get something to the point of luxury. And so I guess my question to you is, how do you differentiate the two? And when it comes to a luxury brand, the price points are always going to be way higher than way, just way higher, period. How is that something that you think these brands and even your brand are able to kind of justify? Yeah, so I can talk about it from a, um, I guess if we put it under the contemporary luxury, um, because you know, and and this is just my opinion or my view. Yeah, that's hey, that's all go with the flow. It's yeah. all opinions. <laughs> no facts, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, contemporary luxury for me is one. I look at it from a very formulaic perspective. Mm-hmm. On, you know, hey, do we have decent, you know, gross margin? How's our net income? You know, from the top line, um, income statement. Like, like, how are we doing there? Right, and then. I also look at it from a perspective of, you know, I'm not just like the price point isn't just for a price point's sake. Like mm-hmm. I'm not just going to charge a thousand dollars for a thousand dollars. If I charge, sometimes it feels like some of these brands. Though. I'm <laughs> like, God damn! I yeah, let's just say I bought something from a luxury brand right. for the first time literally yesterday because it was i got my bonus i was like okay i had the one thing i wanted to get mm-hmm. and then i was looking around the store i'm like some of these things but i swear they just slapped a price tag on it that some people will pay but in one day i'll get to the point where i pay that but sometimes it feels like these they just stick a price on it because people can't afford it so that's that's fair <laughs> yeah i mean i mean for for louis vuitton right you got to think about like, that, that was the the, the, congla- that, the that conglomerate was- <laughs> of you know right El- well, Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, like the conglomerate, right? Bernard Arnault, right? If you think about these price points and who's setting the price and how that flows through all these different layers and their top line, their bottom line, and you think of, you know, from a um, shareholder perspective, they're really what their goal is and their objective as as a brand. You know, that kind of plays in, into plays into that. And yeah. some of that thinking goes into, you know, the formula of how we come to a price point. Um, but I think it's also a, um, one, right, the story, um, how much is that worth? And I always, I, always, I always think back to, it's kind of similar to music, right? And funny enough, um, it's a podcast I listen to, uh, Joe Budden. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, I think it was one time that he mentioned, he was like, how much is a stream worth? Like for music, like how much is how much is one stream worth, and that is such an important question, right? Because as an artist, you have to think about it. What is the value in which of of what I've created here, and it's it's up it's that's a personal yeah. But I that's mean, a whole another conversation <laughs> we could get into. Yeah, right. And it's it's like again, if you if you relate to that story, if if it moves you. Right, because the price point is one thing, right? You can set it at thousand dollars, but unless the story or the reasoning behind what you've created is enough to bring people in to buy that product, it can be a thousand dollars and have zero sales. Yeah, that's true. 
Right. But if you do it right, it's a thousand dollars and you sell out. So a lot of it comes down to fucking right. market. It all right. it, a lot of it comes down to market. Okay, I wanna I'm gonna push us past the fashion complex. Right. I was like, we are but how long have we Remy, how long have we gone for? Fifty six. Fifty six? Sheesh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um because well, one of the other things that I want to talk about is um where was I? Where was I? Oh, the okay, so you said you didn't even see this tweet, mm-hmm. but the the Elmo account out of the the other day tweeted general question Elmo just checking in on how people are doing and it was the most like innocent tweet but then all the responses were basically so dark and gloomy that they tweeted out like mental health resources because yeah. <laughs> people were just being like I mean rent is going up I just lost my job blah 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 just all these different things that are going on in everyday lives and I think it's such a relatable topic to all of us because between all the different responsibilities that we're balancing, trying to keep up in our social, personal lives, all these different things, sometimes things do get to that stage of whether it's like overwhelming or you just brings on anxiety, this, that, or the other. I guess as someone who seems you have a lot going on, trying to juggle a lot, how are you able to find that balance for yourself and if Elmo asked you the question, how are you doing? What would you basically, what would your response be? <laughs> if Elmo asked me how I was doing, I'd be like, Elmo, listen, man. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a song um, we're saying in, in like Yoruba, right? It's Ayeli, right? So life is tough. Life is hard. And um, I think it's part, like for me, 2023 was a really, really tough year. Um, when I look back and think about, my goals and I've I hit you know I I I would say this I hit a good decent amount like a decent amount of uh, of my goals and there were some in which that I went above and beyond um and and maybe not above and beyond but like it took me a different route mm-hmm. um, which I, I classify as above and beyond but it took me a different route than what I originally intended for that goal to be. Um, 2023 was a really a year of discovery and there was a lot of like growing pains both personally and professionally. Um, I know we didn't, you know, get to talk about professionally, but you know, as someone, as we both work in like in, in finance, I, I said finance once and <laughs> someone was like, you say finance. I was like, yeah, man. Till, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I finance is a certain, like yeah. sa- that's a certain salary. Once I hit a certain salary, a certain they title, then it's finance. As an analyst, it's finance. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I mean, for me, you know, I, I, on professional side, doing um, real estate equity and real estate credit investment, right? Commercial real estate, you know, we've had a really, a really tough, um, tough year in 2023. And um, it's kind of hard in 2024. I know I'm taking a different uh, way, but I, I promise I'll, I'll, I'll look at it all together. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 2023 was, was, was hard industry wide. And when it comes to mental health, I think about how much of a role that plays, you know, for me, right, I graduated college, you know, to uh, a year and a half early. Um, a year and a half? Yeah, a year you're, and a half you're early. You're a little genius or something? Listen, man, when I was in... <laughs> when I was in no, he was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> when I was in high school, I would, um, I would do college now. And I was obviously taking like AP classes and stuff like that, right? And then... Um, when I was in college, I literally would do like 18 plus credits each semester. 
Um, and then like during my penultimate semester, I did, um, you know, it's like a program at Columbia University. It was like a financial engineering. Um, and that's how, you know, I started, um, started my role originally at Citigroup, you know, where I was, you know, doing, I was in a real estate within their iBanking uh, group. And then, you know, obviously now I'm at, at Guardian. But um, yeah, I mean, for me to go through that period where I graduated December of 2020, and at that time, there was no, no, like people were laying off. It was coming out of, well, we were sitting in COVID. I had no idea what would happen. And then to go into, you know, you had that 2021 where there was kind of that things would, things are going to go up. And in 2022, it's like, oh, inflation, we're going to have to start increasing rates. Uh, and that put a lot of pressure. And as an, you know, 23 year old kind of in a moment of discovery, and trying to adjust. So Elmo, the past <laughs> couple of three years <laughs> or four years have been tough, bro. We came through a pandemic. We have to deal with, you know, all of this stuff. And I'm 20, I'm going to be 24 in, in two months. But like, yeah, man, it's, it's been a tough. But the silver lining is, I think, 10 years from now. Oh, no, no, you, you okay, don't answer the, don't answer, <laughs> don't answer the other question, yeah, but okay, whatever you're about to say, don't answer the question we're going to end with. Because, all right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was like, hey, don't do that, don't, <laughs> you're too good at this, yeah, he's trying to, I was about half my questions I didn't even need to ask, because you just segue right into yeah. this one, I'm going to cut you short. All right. Um, but, you know, I mean, everything you said, very, very relatable, I am someone who, honestly, quite simply, just the last three-ish years since the pandemic, I think we were able to come out in such a strong way, but Every time you go back and think about it, where our, obviously the pandemic affected everyone, but as the young people where, where we were in college, we were supposed to be in these point, this point of our life where right. it's going to be exploratory, there's going to be so much growth, and then you're sitting at home doing Zoom school, right. and then you have to come out of it. Some people are impacted socially and in so many other ways. Because I think because we came out so strong, we never actually, some people might reflect about how just challenging of a period that was. And so it is cool to see that, again, things are back to back to pre-pandemic ways. People are thriving again. But I, I would agree with you, and there was a very challenged period of time where if you were not taking your, care of yourself in certain ways, it would have been very easy to be defeated by all the things that were and are still still going on in the world. Yeah, so. and I think I think... To actually answer your question, for me, where I found a lot of, you know, solace and, and, and help um, was for me really committing to therapy. Um, you know, so personally, you know, I was diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Um, and so working through that as well and dealing with, you know, having to utilize both therapists, psychiatrists, some sort of medication um, and working through that process has been really challenging. You know, I mean especially coming from a Nigerian background, because we know like our parents- All Stigmatized, are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mental health is really something that's like looked down upon um, and they, they view it as you can just push through. But yeah, I've had to like come to terms with that and really embrace it and say, hey, you know, this is some this is a challenge in which I deal with and this is something that um, I can I can utilize, you know, with all the resources out there and find it, and especially as a black man, right? It's Talk about and, it. and yeah. men. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think Talk men in general, yeah. right? You know, where you know it's um it's winter, you know, it's it's tough. People go through seasonal, seasonal depression. Depression's very real. Yeah. You know, suicide rates. Um I you know, within the past two weeks I've actually lost someone. So um 
it's been tough. It's been tough. It's, it's tough to deal with. But, you know, I, I think it's, it's something that if we can have a little bit more compassion for ourselves, you know, like, and really think like, you know, we've, we've gone through a lot. Um, and we just got to keep pushing. Sometimes I ask, I'm like, why do we have to keep pushing? Why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I think, you know, it's, it's important that we do. Um, and this goes back to, in my mind, I think evolutionary. Mm-hmm. The goal is to continue to, to push and strive. Hey, as, as simple <laughs> as it is, like like Dory or Zanima said, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. That's good. all you can do. All you can yeah. do is keep pushing. One of my favorite sayings, if you're going through hell, just keep going. Right. That's it. Oh, At the end of the day, you just have to keep going. And I think it's beautiful that, one, even just acknowledging that you are facing something head on is always so much better than trying to ignore it right. because that's how you actually get the help that you need, whether it's, it doesn't even matter what it doesn't have to be mental health related, whatever aspect it is. What do they say? The first step to recovery is like ad- admission. Right. I don't know. Some shit right. like that. Yeah. As long as you're able to, again, realize that there is something you're trying to work towards and work through, that will be how you are able to, to better yourself. Yeah. For me, it's simple. I just, I'm a, this year I've been journaling very helpful oh, wow. okay. i've been meditating also very helpful and i think for me that's what i need right now maybe it evolves into something else but i know that just doing those two things kind of helps me get through my days a little better yeah i uh, found i found the so there's something called the the dao de jing um it's kind of uh, it's by lao tzu he's like a chinese philosopher uh he it's like a book um i read it every day and it's something that's really brought a lot of, because it talks about like simplicity. It talks about, it's similar to philosophy of being like water. Um, and that's really helped me a lot as mm. well. So if anyone. Check you know, it out. How do you check spell, it out? How do you spell that? So the, I know there's different spellings, but some with a D, some with a T, but it's D-A-O. And then I think it's D-E-D-I-N-G mm. by Lao Tzu. So L-A-O. Um, and then I, I don't remember how you spell his last name, but. I'm sure, I'm sure people can find yeah, it out they there. Can find it. Yeah. Okay, so before we get to our t- two segments, very quickly, we'll do a one minute on sports. One, mm-hmm. AFCON predictions, two Super Bowl predictions. Let's hear them both in under, so, under a minute. So AFCON, I'm just, I'm just going to say it now. If Nigeria wins... Ghanaians are Ghanians, whatever. You guys are finished. You guys are finished, right? And no one will hear the end of it from me. I, I will go on a week long. Only a week? St- <laughs> maybe year long, actually. Actually, I might do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was so worried of our team because obviously we have all this like power up top, right? You've got Osiman, you've got, um, uh, you know, uh, the, a lot of power. Name? Yeah. Uh, Ademola <laughs> Lookman, right? But then the midfield, there was something I was worried about. Super Bowl, listen, Kansas, you know, I think, what, what's the name of the quarterback? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Whatever that he's guy. doing, keep doing keep it. Keep doing if, it. If you guys win, I salute. You know, he's, uh, he's a, you know, I, I don't know how many he would have won this time. It's, it's number three. Or this four. would be his third, yeah. yeah. Third, right? Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, AFCON, obviously, Nigeria soccer has been so disappointing the last few years. Didn't even make the last World Cup. I think we need this for morale for a lot of different reasons. So hopefully we can see through. The game, the final would be next Sunday, same day as the Super Bowl. If we make it, it's not Super Bowl Sunday, it's AFCON Sunday. So hopefully we're playing for the finals. And then Super Bowl, 
This are, these are literally my two least favorite. So I'm a big Eagles fan, big football fan. These are my two least favorite teams outside the NFC East, which is the conference the Eagles play in. Mm -hmm. So this was worst case scenario for me. I'm literally like, I want the game to be canceled. Doesn't look like it will be. So I want the Chiefs to win. Okay. Just because Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be, when it's all said and done, he's going to be one of the greatest. He's going to get a lot more. I would rather he get one more than those 49ers get even one. I'm that much of a hater. I don't want Brock Purdy getting one. I don't want Debo Samuels getting one. Don't want Christian McCarr. I don't want any of them getting wow, one. Wow, that's premium so, hate. Oh, I'm a, a <laughs> when it comes to sports, I am as elite of a hater as it gets, and I'm so proud of it. So yeah, sometimes you gotta embrace it. Like exactly. I embrace it. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm a hater. Yeah, okay. yeah. So so that is that's my Super Bowl prediction. I hope the Chiefs win. But okay, yeah. quickly, mm -hmm. our last two segments. First one the song segment so i tell okay. my guests come with five songs to describe who they are as a person yeah give me the song give me the description and we're gonna go speedy here because i think all right coming so i'm up gonna time. i'm gonna fire through this because i wrote them down beautiful five songs that kind of describe me one and i think it should be the name of the episode different patterns by shay vibes you know i'm i love fuji and so um i've i'm a big big supporter of uh shay vibes and and his music Glow in the Dark by Skepta. Okay. Uh, another Nigel boy, right? And so Seven Lives by Beautiful Nubia. It's kind of a throwback. Um, and uh, I recommend, you know, people who are Yoruba or who want to learn more. Because <laughs> it's, it's mostly in Yoruba. But if you guys want to listen, for sure. This is for, because, you know, queens get the money. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. New York State of Mind by Nas. And then... Um, what are no, I'll say it in a Nigerian, what I don't get enemy, right? So by Fela, um, that's a that's a song that uh, I think has really, it's kind of helped me as a, as, you know, as a black man. And obviously, we know all the great things Fela is about. I'll, I'll throw one more special Okay, bonus, in there. bonus. <laughs> yeah, bonus one. Can I Live by Jay-Z. Okay. Just grind mode. Love it. That's what I'm in. Love it, yeah. love it, love it. And now to answer what you were going to answer earlier yeah. on, and in segment, I have my guests give their ideal life 10 years in the future with as much detail as possible. Just I love it as a way to manifest, put something out there that you're trying to achieve. It'll be great for you to look back on in 10 years, but like, what was I able to actually accomplish? Hopefully it's everything that you're about to say. So 10 years from now, what is the... Ideally, where are you in life to the most detail possible? I think, you know, I, I like to segment my life into different ways. I think of it as like past Femi, present Femi, and future Femi. Okay. And I always think there, there's so many times where I look back and I'm like, thank you, past Femi, because <laughs> you did that, you know? And I think one of the things that 10 years from now is if I can look back and be like, I'm proud. I'm proud of you, um, because, and it goes back to showing compassion and love for yourself. I think that's something I haven't always done. So regardless of what I achieve, um, I mean, I could wax lyrical of all the things I want to do, whether it's you know, with the brand, my ventures, um, professionally as well, um, kind of where I want to be in the world of commercial real estate, and you know, my overall goal, um, which. You know, I've got big dreams. Hey, and, Dre, you know? as, you, as you should, as do I, as you should. And I'm going to get them. And so. Amen. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, for me, that's, but the most important part is 
you know, whatever I achieve, I, I won't always keep that sense that like I can go back and tell myself like, I love you, man. Like I'm, I'm proud of you. And I think that's something that little Femi, you know, as a kid would have wanted to hear. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm trying to work on today. So if I can, if I can do that now and continue to do that and keep that momentum when I'm 10 years from now, I think I know I've, I've done a great job. When we, we also have to talk, not now, but maybe later if I come back, um, we got to talk about the trend of, of Nigerian men and, and uh, how, how we're so trendy now. And all, all the women love us. And I mean, we've, I feel like we've we, been trending. I feel like, hey, maybe this is just me being like, I've all, nah, okay, let me stop. Yes. We've been okay. trendy, <laughs> but now it's become like, I'm seeing it everywhere, TikTok, Instagram, everyone's trying our food. And I love it. I love it. It feels good. And um, just know when you want, especially if you're like, I don't know about the Ebos and you know, the outfits, <laughs> but if you're dealing with a Yoruba Nigerian man, you're going to become Yoruba. Yeah. And you have to speak the language. You got to learn. And yeah, it's, we're, we're, we're lit. There you yeah, go. This is <laughs> <laughs> and we will, yeah, we'll keep that for the, for the next for time. The next you're on. Yeah. He, yes. You're definitely welcome back on the show. <laughs> this was a great, great episode. Um, I think, one, amazing how this came about just through social media. This is literally the first time we've met in person and had this great, phenomenal conversation. Um, this is honestly the beauty and the essence of the show is just getting people on who are doing all these different things and just talking through people's passions and the things that make them tick. And so, yeah, this has been been a great episode. Thank you for coming on. Do you have any final words for the people? No, thank you for having me. And, um, yeah, to everyone, I you know, for all, for everyone out there, you know, it's like, I don't know how this will come off, but it's a tough time, but just know, I love you, if, you know, even if you don't love yourself, if no one loves you, I love you, and um, yeah, let's just, let's keep pushing. It's, it's tough, but we'll get through it. Yeah, <laughs> love yourself, have some compassion for yourself. Yeah. This has been another episode of Go With The Flow. Thank you for listening. <laughs>